الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وذروا ظاهر الاثم وباطنه ان الذين يكسبون الاثم سيجزون بما كانوا يقترفون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اتق المحارم تكن اعبد الناس او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وسبحان الله وبحمده وبحمده اللہ تعالیٰ ایز کریٹڈ انسان ایز اشرف المخلوقات دا گریٹسٹ آف آل دی کریشن آف اللہ تعالیٰ انسان گیٹس فیسینیٹڈ بائی آل دا ادر تھنگز دیٹ ہی سیز اراؤنڈ ہم ہی گیٹس فیسینیٹڈ بائی ایون واٹ مین ہم سیلف ہیز ڈیولپڈ اینڈ میڈ ہی گیٹس فیسینیٹڈ بائی دا ٹیکنالوجی بٹ اللہ تعالیٰ ہیز میڈ دا موسٹ فیسینیٹنگ کریشن انسان ہم سیلف but insan fails to look within himself allah taala invites us instructs us that of anfusikum afala tubsirun within yourself don't you see don't you ponder don't you reflect and don't you then see this wonderful creation of allah taala and recognize allah taala by means of this so allah taala created insan but created insan for a very sublime object and this sublime object is that insan being the ashraful makhluqat being the most noble of the creation of allah taala the most superior of the creation of allah taala insan has this ability of attaining the ma'rifat and the recognition of allah taala to that level which no other creation can attain and the tragedy is that insan recognizes anything and everything else but fails to recognize allah he recognizes the technology recognizes the things that man has made he recognizes all the other things around him he goes into the depths of research and then he recognizes even how this fascinating body works and how every limb and organ functions and then there's so many different specializations for each facet of this body that if all the specializations have to be listed down and take a whole wall from one end to the other with each specialist name and whatever that he specializes in and that wall won't be enough also so insan goes into this depth of discovering and researching and recognizing what this body is all about but he fails to recognize the creator of this body this insan goes into the deep research about the oceans and how fascinating the oceans are what is inside the oceans and all the various huge creations that are in the ocean one one fish of what size it is and all those details of it but the creator of the oceans he fails to recognize goes into the skies and sees the stars and the galaxies and all the various things that go along and then he will build a space shuttle to go into the outer space and go and discover what's going on on the moon what's going on in other planets and so on but that creator who created this whole universe 
and created the star, these stars and these galaxies that Allah He failed to recognize. That is the greatest tragedy of this insan. Whereas Allah Taala created this insan, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنْسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Allah Taala says, we have not created insan and jinnah illa liyabudun except for our ibadat. And what is this ibadat? The peak of this ibadat, Abdullah bin Abbas radiallahu ta'ala an, his explanation of it is, ay liya'rifun, so that they may recognize him. And it is only to the extent of recognition that there will be obedience. If a person has recognition, he has ma'rifat, then ma'rifat, to the extent of ma'rifat, there will be ita'at. A person, somebody comes and he starts asking him questions, but he takes offense to it. Who are you to come and start asking me all these questions? What's your business with what I am doing and where I am going? And the person produces one card that he's actually somebody from the intelligence service in plain clothes. Now suddenly this person's whole demeanor changes. First he was now showing his own might and muscle and taking offense at the questions this person was asking him. What business do you have to ask me all these questions? Who are you? So now he takes out his card to show, so I am so and so. Now when he sees the card, this person is from the intelligence and this person is from the special branch or this person is from the scorpions and this person. Now suddenly his whole tabiat changes. Now he says, no, no, what's the problem? You can talk about it nicely. Is there something that I can help you with? What suddenly changed and transformed everything? Now there was a degree of marifat. There was a degree of recognition of this person's position and status. Of the power this person wields. That if this person now suddenly just picks up his phone and just dials, next minute there might be somebody ready to arrest me. And Allah knows best what could happen thereafter to me. So I might as well be cooperative and maybe just everything will work out for me. What changed the whole situation was Marifat. Before that he thought this person is nobody, he's just like me. Now he realized, no, he's not just like me, he has some authority. He has power behind him. He has the force of the law with him. So now everything suddenly changed. When insan changes his whole manner of speaking, his manner of dealing, his manner of how he interacts with somebody, just because he understood this person has some little, very limited authority of dunya. When he gains the recognition and marifat of Allah ta'ala, why won't his talking change? In front of some person of minor authority in dunya, he won't use any vulgar language. This person now is my superior, he's my boss, he's my employer, or whoever he might be. Oh, he's just some person with some authority. So now I can't talk in this manner in front of him. That little bit of marifat that this person has some authority, he won't use vulgar languages in front of him. But because of the lack of marifat of Allah Ta'ala, that Allah created the tongue in his mouth. That Allah gave him the ability of speech. That Allah who is ya'lamu kha'inat al-a'yun wa ma tukhfi sudur Allah who knows the deception of the eye, what the heart conceals. That Allah is aware of him every second and every moment. But because the recognition and the marifat of that Allah Ta'ala is not there in the heart, it doesn't matter to him how he speaks, how he interacts with others. He has some understanding and some recognition of the authority of a person. So now because this item belongs to so-and-so, this item, this car, or this whatever, some small, minute thing also, 
Who does this belong to? Well, this belongs to this person who is the head of the police force. This person who is a very high-ranking politician. Or this person has this authority. Now he's very cautious. How do I handle this? Because this belongs to so-and-so. It belongs to so-and-so. If I mishandle this, or if I abuse this in some way, I misuse this in some way, and I can get in big trouble. This person will just click his fingers and people will be running to catch me. So I can't take a chance with this. What suddenly made it? It's just a material item. It's maybe less in value than what somebody else owned which he was not bothered about. How he handled it, what he did with it. But no, this belongs to so-and-so. So-and-so is a very big person. So-and-so has a lot of authority. So-and-so has a lot of might. So now because so-and-so has authority, might, influence, that marifat and that recognition of this influence and might change the whole way how he handles this person's items. When a person has the marifat of Allah ta'ala, when he has the recognition of Allah ta'ala, then what Allah has given as amanat to him, he will be very conscious of how he uses and how he handles it. Allah ta'ala blessed him with the eyes. Allah ta'ala's amanat. Somebody who got little bit of just authority in dunya, he doesn't want, he wants to drive carefully past that person's car. Person get, even just maybe the whiff of dust must go on it. This person might get annoyed, he might get offended, I might be in trouble. But that person's material things, of what value is it? How much can it be worth? Very minor value, maybe he's, he's worth more than that person. But because of the influence, he's very careful. Because of the authority this person wields. But this is entirely Allah Ta'ala's gift. And gift and amanat. Now, because of that lack of marifat, it doesn't matter how he uses his eyes, how he uses his ears, how he uses his hands, how he uses his feet, where he goes, where he takes it, doesn't matter to him. What is missing? What is the missing ingredient? The missing ingredient is his marifat, his recognition of Allah. He had the marifat that this item belongs to so and so, he was very careful. When he has the marifat that the servants of Allah Ta'ala also, Allah Ta'ala's servants, Allah Ta'ala has commanded that he should be careful about how he treats Allah Ta'ala's servants also. For example, his wife, Allah Ta'ala intercedes. Allah Ta'ala interceding. Can we imagine somebody got married to a very influential person? person who is very, very influential and he's also somebody who likes to flex his muscles from time to time. And if something doesn't go his way, then he likes to make it known also. He doesn't just let it pass. But this person was now very, very much wanting to get married to that girl and finally got married. So the father-in-law says to him that, well, finally, you are my son-in-law, but remember, I am your father-in-law. And you know who I am. And I don't take it lightly when somebody does something that I'm not happy about. So dare you mistreat my daughter. So that one line would be enough. In fact, he doesn't have to say it with so many words also. Now this person is very, very careful. Because this father-in-law is not somebody who lets things just go by. And every now and then he's phoning and checking also. How's everything going? So because of that influence and that power and whatever else of the father-in-law, and he is now wanting to make sure this thing goes well, I mustn't mess up here. So now he will suppress a lot of things, a lot of feelings, a lot of other issues. Everything, let it carry on, doesn't matter. Everything must just carry on fine. 
for that person who himself he is insan like us today he might have that might today he might have that power today he might have that influence tomorrow is a nobody tomorrow is just another person this keeps happening in dunya somebody who had some official work so he had to accompany someone who was on a very high position in government but it happened that now with the after the election this person now is no more in position so now he had gone with him many times previously to those offices and so on and each time he because of the work that had to be done so when he entered in the offices often he was entering with this person so everybody was now coming and running to his attention and saluting him almost ready to do anything and everything and this person was like it any case now after he is no more in position this person had to also still go again one more time to the same offices and by chance this person had to accompany him but he is no more in position so he had to go through all the same protocols go to the security and sign in first previously the security was running to him to greet him now he had to go and sign in like a nobody and then who was running to his beck and call they were greeting him from far that was just out of courtesy it was like he just fell from grace there was nothing it is just that now he was no more in position this is dunya one day a person is on a pedestal and the other day is down on the ground and the very same people who were saluting him now maybe as a courtesy from far they just waving at him okay everything is fine we saw you so that person who has just that much of might and authority that tomorrow he could be a nobody like anybody else but because there is some marifat of some sort some recognition of some sort so now there is a lot of concern that i must now just take it easy this person has given me some kind of guidelines i must stay within it allah taala is interceding now that i created you and i created that spouse who i gave you now allah taala is saying i am interceding on her behalf wa ashiruhunna bil ma'ruf that treat her kindly kindly fa in karihtumuhun fa asa an takrahu shay'a wa yaj'al Allahu fihi khayran kathira sometimes people might wonder that there's no other topic but this but when something keeps repeating itself sometimes not every day many times a day when almost every day and sometimes many times a day when the same kind of things keep coming up from different angles then what else is going to come up and now one wonders why allah taala interceded allah taala knew this insan that allah taala knew this insan how before he gets married how he carries on trying to woo that person and trying to woo those father in law and mother in law and everybody and the whole family and the distant uncle that maybe he'll put a good word also but after everything is done now he has been given that where in one hadith sharif nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says that you have taken her in the name of allah taala allah taala has entrusted her to you and this nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam gave him the khutbah of hajjatul wada and if one studies the khutbah of hajjatul wada the final pilgrimage then the bulk of it is to do with hukukul ibad the major portion of the khutbah is pertaining to the rights of people and a great deal about it is the rights of the wife and rights of people such a momentous occasion hajjatul wada the farewell pilgrimage and never this gathering was to be seen again in this manner and nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam gave the clear indication that now my days are very few in this dunya i'm going to leave very soon and this very limited time now 
with this gathering of Sahaba who would never be seen in this manner again. And they're going to have to take this message to the whole world now. And in this limited time, only the most important things can now be imparted. Because it's so little time. And so much of time is devoted to these messages. Rasulullah Allah is interceding. That treat them kindly. And Allah is saying, فَإِن كَرِهْتُمُهُنْ فَعَسَىٰ أَن تَكْرَهُ شَيْئًا وَيَجْعَلَ اللَّهُ فِي خَيْرًا كَثِيرًا If you sometimes dislike something, remember Allah Ta'ala might have put good for you in what you dislike. So take it in your stride and try to improve the situation. Allah Ta'ala will bless you with something. So in any case, to the extent of the marifat, the person will now do what is necessary. He will then conduct himself in a way that Allah Ta'ala must become pleased. Because this is my Allah's creation. When a person has the marifat of Allah Ta'ala, let alone insan, then even other makhluk of Allah Ta'ala and other creation of Allah Ta'ala, he deals with it very differently. He deals with it in a way that Allah Ta'ala must not become displeased. Those who have this marifat of Allah Ta'ala, then you will find this kind of incidents in their lives. One very great personality of Masulullah Khan Sahib Rahmatullah who had come to our country a few times in his lifetime, passed away in the late 90s. So, or in the mid-90s he passed away. Once while he was in South Africa, so he was based at somebody's place in Joburg. And in the morning, the host, when he came to the room at Fajr time, just appeared to him as if this bed has not been used. He didn't sleep in that bed. Everything was prepared for him, and then finally everybody left the room, and now he's going to rest. It appeared very, very clearly that this bed was not used. So now he's wondering, should I ask, not ask? Then eventually he took the courage and said, where did you sleep last night? Meaning it's clear that this bed wasn't used now. There's no other, this was the only bed in this room. Where did you sleep? So he kept quiet and says, there was something wrong, something out of place, the problem. So then when now this person persisted in a way, so he said, well actually, there was no problem. But when I got to the bed, this cat was curled up and fast asleep. And that's a makhluk of Allah Ta'ala also after all. Now, if I had to disturb this cat, I would disturb its sleep. That's Allah Ta'ala's makhluk also. I just lay down on the floor here on the carpet. The cat slept too. I also got my sleep. Now, the person who's got the marifat of Allah Ta'ala, then he recognizes all this as Allah Ta'ala's creation. And that I need to deal with this creation of Allah Ta'ala in a way that I earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. So even an animal is given that consideration. Even an animal is not disturbed. Very great personality of his time. Person who was extremely conscious of the sunnah and who would be very, very punctual on every adab, every mustahab. Our situation unfortunately is that if something is mustahab, mustahab means must leave it out. Something is nafil, nafil means must leave it out. Something is a matter of adab, it's a matter of etiquette, so for us this means must leave it out. Anything and everything you must leave it out. What you must do? No, you must only do the farz. Anything else is all by the way. Then we must eat dry bread also. That's compulsory to keep our lives. Everything else is by the way. When it comes to other things, then we want the mustahabbat, we want all the nawafil, we want all the everything, the extras, nothing must be left out. 
When it comes to deen, then all, there's nothing as, in fact, nothing is an extra, everything is essential. Everything is necessary. But unfortunately, the way we make it, well, this is adab. Adab means etiquette. What is adab? Ba adab ba nasib. Be adab be nasib. Adab etiquette, the person who has this adab in his life, he adopts adab, he adopts the etiquette. Such a person progresses tremendously. Such a person gets far ahead in deen. And with the barakat of that, he'll get ahead in dunya also. And be adab be nasib, the person without adab, without etiquette, without respect, this person will become deprived. Unfortunately, adab is a dying thing. The masjid adab is gone. But the house of Allah Ta'ala, whether it's in this part of the world, whether it's the Haram Sharif, adab gone, the person will be sitting with his legs stretched out towards the Qibla. Somebody will advise him and say, what's this? It's a Kaaba Sharif. But it's not your house. It's Allah Ta'ala's house. And it's the Kaaba Sharif. Yes, it's the Kaaba Sharif. Therefore, it deserves that respect. That you shouldn't stretch your feet towards the Kaaba Sharif. Once Rasulullah came into the masjid, and this was obviously a training period, and as the mistakes happened, because they came from a period where they didn't have any knowledge of anything. So now, one thing at a time was being learned. So somebody didn't yet know the etiquette, and he had cleared his throat, he stuck it out in the direction of the Qibla. And Rasulullah came and he saw this, he became extremely annoyed. And he asked, who did this? And then Nabi Wasallam, being the Nabi of Allah wa Ta'ala, the greatest of the creation of Allah Ta'ala, Ba'adas Khuda Buzruktu'i Qissa Mukhtasar, after Allah Ta'ala, the rank is that of only of Nabi Wasallam. Nabi Wasallam goes himself because the Qibla is to be respected so much that this could not be left lying there. He goes with his Mubarak hands, he cleans it out. Sees the respect of the Qibla. This can't be left lying like this. In the direction of the Qibla. So it, etiquette, aspects of adab in the this is from the kalam of the Mashaykh and the Aslaf that Mantahawana Bil Adab Hirmani Sunnah. The one who takes the adab, the etiquette lightly. To sit and eat with the head covered, the adab, don't worry about it, just adab, leave it. Nothing serious. To Enter the toilet with the left foot. Well, it's sunnah only. That tone is very dangerous. It can ruin a person's iman. This, this is just an adab. It's a matter of etiquette. A person starts taking the adab lightly. The consequence of this will be that he'll become deprived of practicing on the sunnah. The sunnah will go out of his life. The person stops make, taking care of the adab. The person stops taking care of those things which are part of etiquette then those that are important sunnats, he'll start taking that for granted. And he'll just discard that also and say, well, this too, no mind, by the way, but not serious. And then, وَمَنْ تَحَاوَنَ بِالسُنَّةِ اُقِبَ بِحِرْمَانِ الْفَرَائِزِ The person who starts taking the sunnats lightly, he will be deprived of the faraiz. That will become the consequence. This will be the end result of it. This will become the punishment of it. Sometimes a person only thinks of punishment in the form of what we call natural disasters and calamities or loss in the business or some kind of other financial or material loss. Sometimes it comes in that form also. Allah Ta'ala protect us from all kinds of punishment. But the most severe punishment, the most severe punishment is a person becomes mahroom. He becomes mahroom of tawfiq and ability of doing things of deen. 
person was mashallah recite performing his salah regularly with jama'ah suddenly now he's saying well okay if I make it at home too what difference it makes so now that jama'ah with the masjid where he was coming and regularly performing his salah in the masjid and now that is not affecting him soon first he just starts doing it and feels I should but doesn't matter then it doesn't matter at all he doesn't doesn't even cause any problem in his, in his heart that is an azab that has come that is an azab and if a person doesn't take notice of it, this is unfortunately one of the biggest maladies. There was one very great Hakim, Hakim Jalimus. So once, now this was a very, very great Hakim, like you've heard of all the Hakims of that time, Ibn Sina and all these people. This was also a very, very big, great Hakim. So one person came and asked him, that what is the greatest illness, most severe illness, most severe illness? So now if somebody had to ask us what is the most severe illness, so now a person might think of all the kinds of very, very major illnesses and the terminal illnesses people suffer from. Allah Ta'ala give afiyah to one and all. So his reply was, now this was a very, very great Hakim, a physician of the highest caliber of the time. He says the most severe illness is that which a person doesn't regard as an illness. The most severe illness is that illness which a person doesn't even regard as an illness. That he's sick and he doesn't even think he's sick. There's an illness and he doesn't think anything about it. That is the most severe illness. Because otherwise, if he regards it as an illness, then there'll be some steps taken to now start taking the remedy, to start treating it. And now because you will start treating it, inshallah, it will come right. But when there's an illness, it might outwardly be something, com- or com- comparatively be something small. Comparatively, it might be something not so serious as some other illnesses. But when he doesn't regard it as an illness, now it's going to be the case, there won't even be any thought of treatment. So when an illness is not treated, then it doesn't stay where it is. It starts getting deeper. It starts becoming more severe. And especially that illness which a person now doesn't even recognize as an illness, it starts taking root very deeply. And now when the problem has gone very, very deep, and now when the rot has set in, and now when it explodes as cancer, for example, now it becomes too late to even do anything about it. So that illness which a person doesn't even regard as an illness is the most severe illness. Unfortunately, many a times, these illnesses that creep in within us, various illnesses, which we don't even regard as an illness. We don't even give it a second thought, this is a problem. How am I cheating others? This is a problem, it's a major problem. person doesn't give it any thought. As a result, it just gets worse. How am I talking? Is this talking right? I always have only something negative to say to others. When, when did I ever say something of complimenting to somebody? When did I bring some kind of happiness to those who are near and dear to me? Whereas this is a, such a great ibadat. After the faraiz, one of the greatest ibadats is bringing happiness to the heart of a mu'min. Happiness with what? With some words of compliment sometimes. Rasulullah was invited, somebody gave him a dawah and he was invited. So they presented some meat. So Rasulullah said, It appears that our host knew that we enjoy meat. Rasulullah was beyond all the hankering after any luxuries of dunya or being desirous of any luxuries of dunya. 
What was the statement all about? The statement was just to make the host happy. That Alhamdulillah, what you presented we enjoyed, because that is always the concern of the host now. That was my guest happy? Was my guest comfortable? Was the guest, especially a person who is now hosting somebody out of his heart, and out of extreme love and muhabbat. Now that is his concern now. That was the host happy? Did he enjoy the meal? So now to make him feel comfortable, and yes indeed, be, be at rest, we enjoy what you presented. This was a statement to bring happiness to the heart of that host. There was one Sahabi who had a little bit of a uh, hard temperament. He was somebody that, some people's nature is a little bit, now, these people just came from Jahiliyat, and now slowly they were being nurtured. So he had a little bit of a hard nature. So Rasulullah some booty had come to him, and he had distributed some of this booty to various people. So he heard about it. Nofal bin Makhrama. So, so he came along. He came along with his son. So Rasulullah heard him already from the outside. That he's coming, he heard him talking, and he recognized his voice. So he had kept behind one, like a jubba, one coat jubba, and it had some kind of very special button. It was very expensive something. So this had come at booty. So Nabi Islam kept that aside. And when he heard this person coming, he came out with it. He came out with it and he held it in such a way that that button which was a very special thing on that jubba, that is very visible. And he comes to him and he says to him, I kept this aside for you. I kept this aside for you. Now who is this? This is a sahabi of Rasulullah the Sahaba were like, they were, made themselves like slaves to the master, to Rasulullah He was a, the relationship like a father has to his children. This was like the youngest child in front of the greatest father. But despite that, Rasulullah is going out of his way to soften him, to make him feel comfortable. This is the commentator state that why did he do it in this way? Why did he come out holding this button, being very visible? This person is going to see it, he's going to feel so special about it. But I was given this special consideration, I was given this kind of special thought that this was kept aside for me, and this is going to make him happy, it's going to make him happy, it's going to soften his nature, he's going to be good to others around him, he's going to be more good-natured with everybody because now he's feeling so good about himself. Nabi Islam went out of his way to make even a sahabi of his feel that way. What about those who are near and dear to us, our own parents, our family, our children, our brothers and sisters, our neighbors? It might be our employees, those who work day and night in our homes, in front of them all the ni'mat and bounties we enjoy, but we don't have the heart to share anything with them. And then finally when it's now not worth eating ourselves, when we won't eat it, then we'll give it to them. What goes through the heart of, that's the insan also. And that person is also Allah Ta'ala's makhluk. This bringing surur and happiness to somebody's heart. Such a great ibadat. Now, these are all things that enhance this insan and make him somebody close to Allah Ta'ala. But this requires this effort. It requires this effort on the external self. It requires this effort on the internal self. In the ayat of the Quran Sharif that was recited right at the beginning, Allah Taala says, That leave out the external sins and leave out and 
forsake the internal sins. That there are sins of both types. Insan, insan also has a zahir, he has a batin. He has an external self, he has an internal self. His external self sometimes is looking very healthy, very fit, but then the doctor sees something, he does some tests, he says, no, you're in a serious problem. He says, no, but I'm not feeling any problem also, I'm not even feeling the symptoms. He says, no, you might not be feeling it, but there's a major problem. One person went for a routine checkup, just as a routine checkup because of wherever he works, so part of the policy every year he has to go for a routine checkup. So he went for a routine checkup, he says, you like a walking, like a ticking time bomb. See, what do you mean ticking time bomb? I'm doing everything normally, I'm not feeling any pains of any sort, I have no problems. He says, you're a ticking time bomb, your three arteries are all blocked. So he was not even ready to accept that. He says, impossible, this person, I don't know what, he's just trying to get me into something. So he went for a second opinion. That person said, yes, definitely, you are a ticking time bomb, even more maybe mm, serious than what the other person said. Now he finally ended up with open heart surgery a few days ago, or a week ago. He said, but I wasn't feeling anything, no symptoms, nothing. Zahir, Zahir perfect. Zahir very healthy. But the batin, the batin was a ticking time bomb. The inner self was a ticking time bomb. Outwardly sometimes a person is living his life like perfect. Everything is fine. Everything is fine. He's apparently performing all the Zahir. He's even fulfilling his Salah. He is making tilawat of the Quran Sharif. He is even making tasbihat and zikr, mashallah, excellent all this. These are all zahiri amal. Like they are zahiri ibadat, there's batin also. There's the heart to be adorned with the ibadat of the inner self. The ibadat of sabr. The ibadat of shukr. The ibadat of tawakkul and trust in Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. The ibadat of rujoo ilallah, turning to Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. The ibadat of ikhlas and sincerity. The ibadat of ihsan. Bringing one's iman to the highest level of ihsan. All these are inner ibadahs. Likewise, just as sometimes the zahir, the external self becomes ill, a person is injured externally, a person is suffering externally, you can see the problems on him externally, sometimes the internal self is injured badly. The internal self is in disease. The internal self is in great amount of sickness and uh, all kinds of maladies. There's sometimes pride. There's arrogance, there's malice, there's jealousy, there's all kinds of other evil. There's show and ostentation. And really it is the zahir, the batin that is going to eventually count most. The zahir is also important. A person cannot neglect the zahir. The zahir also must conform to what Allah and His Rasul wants. But after the confirmation of the zahir, the most important thing is still nevertheless the batin. In the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah Sallallahu says, on the day of Qiyamah, the three people that will be called first, and with whom the fire of Jahannam will be kindled, meaning they will end up in the most severe part of the azab of Jahannam. The three people, one will be a person who was, who became a shaheed in the path of Allah. He will be called, that you, what did you do? He says, no, I gave my life for the sake of Allah. He says, you are lying. You did it so that people could praise you and say you were a very brave person. Now his Zahir, Zahir was laying down his life for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. There cannot be a sacrifice greater than that. His Zahir was so wonderful, but the Batin was corrupted. That Batin destroyed this whole Zahir also. As a result of which he became part of the kindling of the fire of Jahannam. 
Another person will be called who was blessed with the knowledge of deen. What did you do? I disseminated the knowledge of deen. I taught people deen. Called people towards Allah Taala. I did all the service to deen. Allah Taala protect us. As Abu Huraira when he used to relate this hadith sharif, he used to fall unconscious. He used to fall unconscious and then he would wake up again and then start repeating it and again fall unconscious and then after several tries he would start then complete the hadith sharif. That the person will be said, you are lying, you did all this just for the name and fame and for the recognition of dunya and he will be thrown into the depths of the fire of the hunger. The zahir was so wonderful. But that wonderful zahir was all destroyed by the corrupted batil. The person who was very generous, he would be called, what did you do? I spent in the cause of deen, and I did this, and I did that. And Allah forbid, if all that was done with the wrong intention, then the same answer would be that you lied. You did all this for the praise of people, you got it in the dunya, now there's nothing for you, and you'll be thrown in the depths of jahannam. Now the zahir was so wonderful, but the batin was the most important thing. The zahir is necessary also. But if the batin is not in order, it will destroy the zahir as well. And everything will be destroyed. Now this is such great zahir. But because of the corruption of the batin, this became the first people of the fire of Jahannam. So just as a person has to make an effort on the zahir, Allah Ta'ala is saying, That we forsake the external sins, forsake the internal sins also. Now when a person has to forsake the external sins, and he has to adorn the external self with the correct amal. That too he has to go and learn it somewhere. Among the external amal which he has to adorn himself with is salah. If he doesn't go to learn how to perform that salah by somebody, how is he going to do it? It's a farz. But he won't be able to fulfill that salah properly. And as a result, many a person, despite performing salah for years, but he hasn't learned how to perform that salah properly. And as a result, he performs the salah in such a way that salah is null and void. He's performing the salah, he's making the effort, but he didn't take the time and didn't learn how to perform that salah correctly. And there are some mistakes that are being made which render that salah null and void. So that salah has to be learned, that zakat has to be learned how to calculate the zakat correctly. Otherwise he might be shortchanging that zakat. He is fasting, he has to learn the masail of fasting. He's going for hajj, he has to learn how to perform that hajj correctly. All these zahiri amal. He's doing business, he has to learn how to conduct that business according to sharia. He wants to get married, then what are the laws pertaining to marriage? He has to learn it. All these zahir, he has to learn. Till he doesn't go to somebody to explain to him, to teach him, he's not going to end up learning it. He's, if he looks at books only, he will understand half and misunderstand half and get the wrong idea somewhere. And Allah forbid what he might end up doing. And many a person learned from books and started doing completely upside down. So he has to get to a teacher. He has to get to somebody to teach him how to go through it. When the zahir, which is very important, has to be learned. The batin, which is even more important. Is that going to be just acquired without being learned? Without being acquired from somebody? without being, going to somebody to ask them to teach us how to adorn this batin, how to cleanse this batin from all the wrongs and the evils, how to, te- to teach us how to conduct ourselves in a way that Allah wa ta'ala will be pleased with us, it doesn't happen. Just as a person can't perform that salah without learning from a teacher, let alone the salah, he can't get that wuzu right, without which the salah is not in order. 
He won't get that wudu right without learning it from somebody to teach him, from a teacher. He won't be able to get that external purification correct without a teacher teaching him how to purify himself externally. So likewise, he won't be able to purify his internal self without a teacher teaching him how to purify himself. This is the system. Nabi ﷺ taught the Sahaba. وَيُزَكِّيهِمْ Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala mentions in the Qur'an Sharif لَقَدْ مَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذْ بَعَثَ فِيهِمْ رَسُولًا مِنْ أَنْفُسِهِمْ يَتْلُوا عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتِهِمْ وَيُزَكِّيهِمْ Nabi Sallallahu taught the ayat, recited the ayat of the Qur'an Sharif to the Sahaba. Allah Ta'ala says, among his functions and duties, وَيُزَكِّيهِمْ He purified them. He taught them how to cleanse themselves, within themselves, the inner purification. And then the Sahaba learned from Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, they taught their students and this unbroken chain has come through this time and age. We will have to learn, we will have to go to those who we have that compatibility with, who have that experience, that knowledge, learn how to cleanse this internal self of that pride, of that malice, of that arrogance, of all the other sins of the heart and many of those things which we don't even regard as illnesses, which as we understood from that Hakim Jalinus' statement, that is the most dangerous illness, which is an illness and a person doesn't even regard it as an illness. And many a times when a person now, for the first time in his life, is hearing so many things, he says, but I didn't even know there was this was wrong. I didn't even know this was a problem. I didn't even, if a person doesn't even know that an illness is an illness, then that is the most dangerous illness. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we take the step. These are the greatest ni'mats of Allah. The greatest ni'mats, like we, all, we only confine the concept of difficulty or azab is only confined to material things. Whereas the greater azab Allah protects us from all kinds of azab. The greater azab is deprivation of deen. Likewise, ni'mats of Allah ta'ala, we only confine it to material things. That too is a ni'mat of Allah ta'ala. The greater ni'mat. For example, a person becomes concerned about his batin. That this thought comes in his heart. This concern comes that my batin, what have I done to correct myself within myself? That concern is a very great ni'mat of Allah. That thought is a gift from Allah. Then a person gets the tawfiq of taking some steps also in that direction. Now I need to take some practical steps to try and now remedy this, to go and learn this. That is an even greater ni'mat from Allah. Now just as we ask, Ya Allah, we beg, Allah grant me this, grant me that, grant me my business must come right, and I must get that car, and I must get that house, and this must get sorted out. And generally all our du'as are confined to dunya. By and large, generally, our du'as are confined to dunya. Ya Allah, fill my heart with your muhabbat. Ya Allah, purify my heart of all the maladies of the heart. Allah, there are so many illnesses in my heart that I don't even recognize as illnesses. Ya Allah, you cleanse me of all that. Make me conscious of it. Now the person starts making dua for that. And he starts begging Allah Ta'ala. This opens the heart and Allah Ta'ala starts giving the tawfiq that now take these steps and come closer to Allah Ta'ala. Start going to learn something somewhere. Start going to cleanse this inner self. Purify yourself. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq that, and Allah Ta'ala bless us with these ni'mats and bounties that we become truly concerned about correcting and rectifying our zahir also and rectifying our batin as well. Allah Ta'ala make us among those servants of His. Allah Ta'ala is pleased with. Allah Ta'ala give us all the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Inshallah we'll make zikr for a few minutes and then make dua. 
It is reported in the Hadith Sharif that a person who recites La ilaha illallah hundred times daily, Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon of the day of Qiyamah. What this means is that inshallah with the barakat of this daily recitation, Allah Ta'ala will give him the tawfiq of righteous actions and give him the tawfiq of staying away from sin and this will become the means of this great honor on the day of Qiyamah. Therefore we should try inshallah to make this a part of our daily program that we set some time in our home, in our own space and time. We set some time where daily we make the zikr of Allah Ta'ala and recite La ilaha illallah hundred times daily. Recite Guru Sharif. La ilaha illallah Muhammadun Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi Wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama Tasliman kathiran kathira يا رب صل وسلم نائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جز الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله لا إله إلا الله 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 لا إله إلا الله
ولا تخزنا يوم القيامه ولا تخزنا يوم القيامه انك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الايمان وامتنا على الايمان واحشرنا يوم القيامه مع الايمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك اله العالمين يا الله most merciful most gracious most kind most loving allah Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, your unlimited bounties and blessings are, Ya Allah, showering upon us every moment, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, your countless ni'mat we enjoy it every second, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, despite all your bounties, despite all your favors, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we have been so ungrateful, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we have been disregarding all your bounties and favors, Ya Allah. Despite all your bounties, we have been so disobedient, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive this terrible ingratitude of ours, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive all our major innocence, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we deeply regret this ingratitude, Ya Allah. We regret this disloyalty, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, make us among your loyal servants, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive all our major and minor sins, Ya Allah. Forgive what we did deliberately and mistakenly, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us among your special servants, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make us among your loyal and obedient servants, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make us among your grateful servants, Ya Allah. Enable us to use all these gifts and bounties in a way that you are pleased, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from the sins of the eyes, Ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the ears, Ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the tongue, Ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the hands and feet, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts from all sin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, purify our zahir, Ya Allah. Purify our batin, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Fill our hearts with the love of his Mubarak way of life, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of his Mubarak sunnah, Ya Allah. Enable us to live his Mubarak sunnah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make our muashirat and social life the way Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Make our business dealings the way He has taught us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, enable us to perform our ibadat the way He has taught, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make our day and night in the way Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us from the ways of the Yahud and Nasara, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from the ways of the Yahud and Nasara, Ya Allah. Distance us away from the ways of the Yahud and Nasara, Ya Allah. Allah, all the vices and all the evils, Ya Allah, that the Yahud and Nasara have pushed into our lives, Ya Allah. They have pushed into our homes, Ya Allah. Allah, you cleanse us from all this, Ya Allah. Purify us from all this, Ya Allah. Save us from all this, Ya Allah. Let our homes resemble the homes of the Sahaba, Ya Allah. Let our homes be filled with ibadat, Ya Allah. Let our homes be filled with tilawat, Ya Allah. Let our homes be filled with salah, Ya Allah. Let our homes be filled with zikr and dua, Ya Allah. Let our homes be filled with ta'lim of deen, Ya Allah. Let our homes be filled with the remembrance of you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen. Let our homes be filled with the remembrance and the zikr and the mention of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and the mentioning and the discussion of his Mubarak life, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, let us fill our homes with the mention of the Sahaba, Ya Allah, and all the pious servants, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, our homes are filled with all the kinds of evils and vices, Ya Allah. There's music varying instead of Quran being recited, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, there's evil pictures and spread of the pages of the Quran Sharif being opened, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, there's all kinds of things that, Ya Allah, you have forbidden, Ya Allah, that are facing the Mubarak heart of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that are hurting his Mubarak heart, Ya Allah, when our amal are being presented to him, what kind of pain you are giving his Mubarak heart, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, save us from all this injustice that we are doing, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove all this evil from our lives, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us a topic of those amal, Ya Allah. That when they are presented to Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that it becomes a source of comfort to his Mubarak heart, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant us a topic of performing our five times salah with jama'ah, Ya Allah. 
that like enable us to recite the Quran Sharif daily, Allah. Enable us to make your zikr daily, Allah. Enable us to make dua daily, Allah. Enable us to do all the efforts of deen, ya Allah. Allah save us from all the sins and vices, ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, ya Allah, all those who are sick, give them shifai kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Allah remove every trace of their ailments, ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, ya Allah, those with any kind of difficulties and hardships, remove it with afiyat, ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, ya Allah. Allah, all those with any kind of depression, anxiety, worries and so on. Ya Allah, you remove all the difficulties and hardships, ya Allah. Grant itminan and sukoon to the hearts, ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, ya Allah, all those who have passed away from our families throughout the ummah. Ilahul Alameen, make their complete makhfirat, ya Allah. Pull their covers with noor, ya Allah. Grant them the high stages in the akhirat, ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, ya Allah, those of our parents who are living, ya Allah, give barakat in their lives, barakat in their health, ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, ya Allah, give us the topic of earning jannah through service to them, ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, those of our parents who have passed away, Allah, you make the complete makhfirat, ya Allah. Pull their covers with noor, ya Allah. Grant them a special place in Allah, in the yeen, ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant them the high stages in Jannatul Firdaus, ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, our time is coming as well, ya Allah. Allah, we have no, no, no idea, ya Allah. When the moment might suddenly come, ya Allah. When Israel Islam would come to snatch our soul away, ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, ya Allah, at that time will be helpless, ya Allah. Neither our, ya Allah, might will help us, ya Allah. Our influence won't help us, ya Allah. Our power won't help us, ya Allah. Who we are won't help us, ya Allah. Where we are won't help us, ya Allah. It is only your grace that can save us, ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make that moment easy for us, ya Allah. Ya Allah, let us leave this dunya with the kalima, la ilaha illallah. Muhammadur Rasulullah. Allah, take us on imane kamil, ya Allah. Take us on tawbat and nasuh, ya Allah. Allah, take us at a time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from dying in a condition of sin, ya Allah. Save us from dying in a place of sin, ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from ever going to places of sin, ya Allah. Save us from all the sins and vices, ya Allah. So that death never meets us in a condition of sin, ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make our covers gardens of Jannah for us, ya Allah. Grant us the shafat of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, give us Jannatul Firdaus without any reckoning, ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant muhabbat, ya Allah. Fill the hearts with muhabbat, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of spouses, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of brothers and sisters, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of family members, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of communities, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the Ummah of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ilahul Alameen, ya Allah. All the efforts of deen taking place on the path of haq, ya Allah, accept it, ya Allah. Make it a means of hidayat, ya Allah. Make it a means of gaining your closeness, ya Allah. Make it a means of all the azab being uplifted, ya Allah. Make it a means of khair descending, ya Allah. Make it a means of barakat descending, ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, ya Allah, grant us the best of dunya and the best of akhirat, ya Allah. Allah, save us from all the azab of dunya and akhirat, ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaag wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-aliyin al-azim rabbana taqabbal minna innaka anta al-sami'u al-alim wa tub alayna ya maulana innaka anta al-tawabu al-rahim wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqihi sayyidina Muhammadi wa alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in subhan rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun ala al-mursaleen wa alhamdulillah